0: It is a new year, everybody, but it is still Chairshot Radio Tuesday Hockey Talk here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. The Chairshot.com always use your head. And we are back after a week off, where well, there was no hockey to really talk about. And so Dave and I didn't talk about it. <laughs> um, but I am joined here by David Ungar. And Dave did fill the void of Chair Shot Radio with one heck of a listen. Can you explain to me this annual event? This is like the seventh annual. What's the name that you
1: call them? It is the, uh, the Swaggy Awards for the Attitude of Aggression.
0: Which, Got you. and
1: Which kind of orig- originated from, I don't know, back in the... Early days, like the first year of the podcast, we talked a lot about wrestlers who had like swag. You know, we had some great, yeah. great outfits that were coming out like this 2015. You know, I think that was uh, the year that Seth came out in that White Ranger outfit at, at SummerSlam. And, and I don't know, we just combined that with attitude of aggression and, and created these categories that have evolved over the years. And yeah, I mean, I need to get you on next year or something. I figured your schedule was going to be messed up. And, and because we were doing yeah. with Kenny, who's, on the other side of the pond, and so, you know, but yeah, that's, it's an annual award show where we just kind of celebrate the best of the best in pro wrestling and, and hand out some uh, virtual hardware, which a lot of the shows do that, I mean, but but that's ours,
0: and, and there you go. Very nice. Well, also, I want to wish you a happy new year. I hope that you rang it in in style. We are actually recording on Sunday instead of Saturday, because the whole New Year's Day thing, which we was uh, was the other hiccup with kind of our own recording schedules we we usually record our chair shot radio put it in the can for tuesday on saturday well it was christmas day and then it was new year's day and we we had things going on and so the swaggy awards fitted nicely for this past tuesday and now we're here um so happy new year to you Uh, i hope you had an enjoyable new year's eve into new year's day
1: Yes. Happy new year to you too. Um, <laughs> we you. didn't, didn't do much for new year's Eve. I think you probably can relate the older you get the allure of being out there and celebrating amongst the millions of people is less attract, especially now, but even before the sure. pandemic was a little less attractive each year you get, it's like, ah, who
0: needs to deal with that crap? So yeah, it was <laughs> it was a quiet night, you know? Yeah. Same with us. Rang it in the little O'Dowd, and the Mrs. O'Dowd, we hung out, watched the ball drop, uh, tried to decide between the Dick Clark, Ryan Seacrest New Year's Rockin' Eve, the Miley Cyrus, Pete Davidson New Year's Eve party in Miami, and we just avoided the the CBS one in Nashville because that's that's not our jam, man. And so, I. We can talk about this off off air because we want to talk about hockey. But I don't get Pete Davidson. Like I, I get that he's funny. I don't get the like the big allure with Pete Davidson. People go nuts for this guy, and uh, I, I don't get it. But yeah, I don't know, maybe it's But hey, that is neither here nor there. I hope everybody out there in the chair shot universe had a wonderful New Year's as well. We are going to. We have a couple of topics we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the 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 break that that was taken by hockey, and actually the the impact that's going to have on the Winter Olympics as well. COVID nineteen rearing its ugly head and impacting some international events uh, as well as the NHL season and. And then after the after the commercial break, after the second commercial break, we're going to talk about the Winter Classic. Winter Classic happened uh, this past Saturday in Minnesota between the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. The Blues coming out victorious 6-4. to four. And, of course, I watched that, that game. I had some thoughts. Dave, I kept texting Dave as if he was watching the game, and he was not watching the game. He was watching uh, Cobra Kai, apparently, on Netflix with the Misses and the Washington Wizards yeah. lose to my Chicago Bulls. Go to Mardi Yeah, shit. God. That I mean, that's Trump. like the first time in history that that's
1: ever happened. A guy hit back. Two to,
0: straight games. Yeah.
1: Yep. I mean, and and you know, somebody was like saying, well, they should have guarded him. I was like, dude, he pumped fake one he guy.
0: Well he was well guarded, yeah. Yeah, he, he hit that shot. It was amazing. But that's our show for today. We're going to take our first commercial break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the impact that COVID-19 and this Omicron variant is having on the NHL season and what impact it's going to have on the Olympics. You are listening to Hockey Talk on Chairshot Radio, part of the Chairshot Radio Network here on the thechairshot.com. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. And Dave, we are going to go ahead and play the music because we got to play the music. It's, It's just the way it is. It's hockey talk. So here it goes. From being hundred percent transparent with that theme song, Dave, I almost wanted to edit the soundbite this week with a record scratch, just like a little <laughs> "because we uh, we had an interruption." And two weeks ago on Chairshot Radio, we sat here talked about a bunch of teams that were having to reschedule games due to COVID protocols, and I said the NHL isn't going to pause the season; they're just going to see it through. They're going to plow straight ahead. And you were like, yeah, I agree with you. And literally the next day, like the day the podcast dropped, I think it was on Tuesday, the NHL announced they're pausing games through, I think, December 28th was when, 28th or 29th was when they they resumed their schedules. So, shows what we know, Dave. And what do you think? Good call, bad call, indifferent call? Do you think it mattered? What are your thoughts about this decision by the NHL?
1: It's this is this is hard because you look at it, and this has nothing to do with vaccinated versus unvaccinated. That whole debate, but right. you're almost at the point now where where I think the sports leagues and and really everybody in general has to look at this uh, this virus differently because you know if you're basing it on the fact that well we we're trying to prevent people from catching it. Uh, You're going to fail. And I I think at this point, it's evident that that's a failure. The vaccines aren't designed to do that. But if you're looking at asymptomatic versus symptomatic and whether you're really going to have problems with this, then that's a different story. And, And I think all the sports leagues are really struggling with this right now because you're testing people and this variant is almost like to the point of the common cold as far as how transmissible it is. And so just about, you know, so many people are catching it right now um, that, yeah, I mean, it's almost like, and I know they've, they're changing isolation guidelines and things like that, but as far as the NHL was concerned, I mean, I thought at the time probably a good idea, but then you look at kind of the ripple effect and everything else going on, not just in the NHL, but in the other leagues, and, and now, you know, you're going to have even bigger problems because, like, they're postponing, what, nine more games got postponed because a Canadian attendance restrictions. And it's almost like, you know, you've got to, you know, if they want to only have a thousand people in attendance rather than either shorten the season or push us out to July, which is where we're looking like we're heading, then, you know, the it
0: just feels
1: weird. Yeah. Right. And and I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to adjust for that. I, I, I tend to agree. And know we're going to talk about the impact on the Olympics, but pulling them out of that which was disappointing, I know, because they negotiated for that in the CBA, but I think probably the right idea because they've lost, what, like 100 games so far or 56, 60 games have been postponed due to that's, protocols.
0: Right. It's It's been a big impact. And without, again, this isn't really even a, a political conversation, because I know that's what a lot of people get up in arms about, about how this is working it's a it's a public health question and i and i get that what i what i find really interesting is that this is a result of not being able to keep up with the with the evolution of the virus itself too and i think that's what's been really fascinating about this is as you learn as you as you kind of hinted at omicron is more transmissible but less um severe in in just sort of its impact on on the human body it seems like if you're vaccinated it's even less, like you're less likely to catch it and your symptoms are always going to be minor. The hospitalizations are are the results of people who are, are mostly unvaccinated or have complicated health factors. But there still seems to be a mindset of treating this in the same way that we approach Delta and the original strain. And that doesn't seem to be quite as congruent with what the virus is actually doing. And so I... I think generally I am fine with the abundance of caution. I, I believe in the health and well being of others. And so I do see that, that side of it. I, I am just, I was legitimately surprised. Like I thought that, you know, based on the information that even we had, that maybe there was more to be able to like mitigate and schedule and work around. And, and as you noted, this isn't the only sport impacted by this. Uh, college basketball just got slaughtered by it as players returned from winter breaks. And somewhere, I think I I think I saw a stat at one point: seventy teams, seventy college basketball teams, had had some sort of pause already this season due to uh, an outbreak of COVID nineteen amongst amongst the team. Uh, I always go to my personal examples: University of Illinois uh, postponed one game, canceled one game entirely a non-conference game, and then delayed their um, Big Ten, their return to the Big Ten. They, they play at Minnesota now on Tuesday. They were supposed to play Sunday, today. And due to positive tests within the University of Illinois program, they paused their program. And the day after that news broke, held the practice, and they only had five available players. Now, the thing is, and this is the uh, this is where this – this drum over asymptomatic versus symptomatic testing because there's those out there who are screaming if they're as you know, why are we, why are we testing people who don't have symptoms? I just, I feel like that's a patently dumb argument because just cause you're asymptomatic, if you're carrying a virus, you're communicable. And that's like, it's not to punish people. And, and so I, I don't understand that reasoning for people who are like asymptomatic people shouldn't be tested. Yes, they absolutely should. I disagree with teams that aren't testing their entire, like I disagree with the university of Kentucky or any of these hockey programs that aren't testing their team or, or their staff, because those, those people are carriers and pass the virus too. And so if you're going to go, you either put your foot all you either dive all the way into the pool or you, or you don't, it looks like the NHL has decided they're going to dive all the way into the pool on this. And that's that's their decision, and like you said, that could mean hockey in July. The other thing that's impacted, and you noted that, is that the um, in conjunction with the Players Association, there will not be professional hockey players at the Olympics in China come February. And I think that's the right call. I, I think for the NHL, that's the right call because you – especially – like, like it's not just that you're traveling to another country. You're traveling to another country with hordes of other people from other countries are coming all into this one concentrated place. There are going to be outbreaks at the Olympics. They're just are. The numbers and the percentages are too high for there to not be some sort of outbreak. And so from a, from a league standpoint, I don't think there's a, a, a different decision to be made. And I think the Players Association agreed. And that's why we have what we have. Yeah, I
1: mean you're going to get the Christmas break, which then got extended to cancel or not cancel postpone a bunch of games. Then you're going to have what a two-week Olympic break on top of that. And yeah, you would have been July easy, August would start to get more likely and then you're threatening the beginning the start date for the uh for the 2022-2023 season. So I don't see how they had much of an alternative either that you know at that point you're just like it's too much. You know, under normal circumstances, great. You wouldn't have had this big Christmas pause. The guys would have gone. I, I mean, I you know, I guess they weren't going to do an all star game this year because of the Olympics. So maybe they go and do an all star game. I, I haven't heard anything
0: about that. And that's three. Uh, four... Well, that was a good question. Are they, so they are still taking the pause for for that. Like they're still going to take those two weeks or, or with the so. play. I think. I thought so they it's... were going to use that to get caught up. Make up games. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's that's the right call. So, sorry, Olympics, you're going to get some some competition. I don't know that it'll be much, but hey, because uh, the Olympics are always big ratings, and they're on NBC versus the Turner networks uh, and ESPN. So, and you, uh, it'll
1: give it'll be like the old day, man. They'll give the kids and the amateurs a chance to play. And let's be right. honest, the greatest moment in United States Olympic ho- hockey history was not accomplished by the pros. So there, came
0: okay, from amateurs. You're very, very true. Miracle on ice. All right. Well, more on that as it develops. We're going to take our second commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk all things Winter Classic. Before we go to our recorded commercials, though, it is my duty to remind you that if you love what we do here at Chair Shot Radio and you love the program that we put out each and every day, every day, the best way to support us and to keep us going is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chairshot and invest in a chairshot.com t-shirt We have all kinds of great designs out there for you to choose from everything from the OG chair shot logo to some of our more modern stuff today to sayings from the shows to even shirts for some of the shows that are on our network It's only ninety nine for a short or shirt or if you want to feel fancy have something that feels nice on your jiblet spend a few dollars more get it soft style and, and really go out there and represent we really appreciate all the support you can get again that website is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot as Christopher Platt would say please and thank you thank you and please when we come back we're going to talk about the winter classic here you are listening to Hockey Talk on the Chairshot Radio Network a part of the chairshot.com
1: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcast galore. Everything progressing. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShop.com.
0: All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. This past Saturday, the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild took the ice outdoors in Minneapolis. To play in the NHL's annual Winter Classic. Now, this has been a popular event—a game of outdoor hockey played between two teams or selected. Uh, it's been played in places like New York. It's been played. Where else has it been played, Dave? Uh, I'm sure, it's been they've, played. They've played it at. Uh, it's
1: predominantly the baseball stadiums, like National Stadium. I think they got the Caps, right. Blackhawks, a few, or the Caps, Penguins, or no, maybe it was the Blackhawks. But they—they've done it at Fenway. They did it. I think yep. the first one was where at Orchard Park in Buffalo. Um, and, yes. And, and, and places like, like that, they've always gone to um, these various,
0: yeah. For some reason, then, they like the baseball stadiums. I mean, yeah. Well, I think it, it, it allows for an opportunity to bring some more people in those stadiums hold around 60 grand uh, or can, Didn't can they do it up. at the big house as well. One year. Did they
1: I Michigan? So, I thought so. They got a Maybe. shit ton of people. I
0: tonight. mean, This year they played it at at the home of the Minnesota Twins, and um, it was cold, really cold. At one point, it was down to negative 10 degrees. Uh, I think I commented to you and later got it confirmed as I continued to watch the game. But the goaltender for um, who's a what's it for the Wild. He's wearing a stocky cap over his goalie mask. Talbot. Yeah. Talbot yes. was wearing I guess, you could see the little puff ball on top of his mask. The, the blues won the game six to four uh, on the strength of a five-goal second period, where Jordan Cairo went kind of nuts and racked up four points in the middle of that period between goals and assists, and was just impressive all the way through. Hey, so real
1: quick, in, I was gonna tell you. 2014 they did play at Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor between the Maple Leafs and the Red Wings attendance 105,491
0: Yeah, it was crazy the attendance and here's the thing is even yesterday for a negative 10 degree day the attendance was pretty good 38,519 That's that's pretty impressive and I mean, it was it was insane. Like they showed footage of the bench. They were putting this like cream on the players' ears to help with wind chill and wind burn. Uh, the Green Bay Packers apparently supplied the Blues with with some equipment to help keep them warm. Uh, so kudos, uh, I guess, my better judgment as a Bears fan. I have to thank the Green Bay Packers today for helping my Blues. And I mean, it there was snow on the ice. It was really. I remember watching the first period and the game was moving real, real slow. And like the players just looked like they were in molasses. And then you learn like, well, it was snowing during the game. <laughs> and the pie, and the Puck wasn't moving very well. So the Pucks were, you know, rock hard like bullets and frozen. So it was a uh, it was quite a game to watch. And the Wild made it a game in the third period. They scored a goal and then I'd been flipping between it and the Rose Bowl which was just the most drunk football game I've I've watched in a long time. And uh, as I was flipping back and forth, at one point with over seven minutes to go, the Wilder on the power play with an empty net, so they were going seven on four, and they played with an empty net for the last seven minutes of that game. Not not just the power play, like they came out there and they scored two goals, and it was like, oh geez, here we go, we're gonna we're gonna play with five, and it was just so infuriating as a Blues fan. That they couldn't put one in the empty now like there was one period there was one point where if I wouldn't have gotten in trouble at the house like just wanting to yell get it out of there just get it out of their your zone get it out i don't care if you got to ice it which i don't want you to ice it because then you can't change but damn it get it out like they are living in your zone it was so intense it was exciting i was texting you all the way right through to the finish and then of course i had to send you my Civil War, um not Schwartz anymore. I can't remember who who the player is that they have taken the mantle. uh used to be Civil War Swart, Schwartz, but then they Schwartz retired, so it's now um somebody else. But yeah, I forget. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually going to look at it now because uh, I, I love the the account. Brian O'Reilly. Yeah, it's General O'Reilly is now what it's called, and the the name of the account is the Civil War Blues. Uh, And he posts little Civil War old-timey photos with the hockey players over the front. And in this one, General O'Reilly wrote, Dear Annabelle, our dearest Annabelle, young Lieutenant Cairo ran rampant tonight. Despite the cold here in the Wild North, his men fought with a deep fire in their hearts and drove the Minnesotans back into the woods. We press on. So good, good victory. And the Blues have come out of this break, I think, winning two in a row. Uh, off to a pretty good start uh did you catch any, i mean you heard me updating but did you catch any of the game did you flip over there at any point oh yeah
1: yeah i watched like the end of the first period and, and aspects of the second and it just seemed like saint louis was a- either always on the power play or playing like they were always on the power play and uh, yeah like you said the first period was was slow because of the snow and then they got their legs under him in the second period and, and saint louis got a lot of really really nice tic-tac-toe passing on a few goals that Talbot had zero chance on so I thought St. Louis looked really good they're now in first place they've you know they've vaulted to the top of their division so there you go so yeah they they've come out of the break um playing well and yeah I thought I thought it it was it's I mean I love the winter classic because it's it's usually a a real spectacle that you get to see and and it, it 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 sends hockey back to its roots. You know, you're talking outdoors, dealing with the weather, usually big attendance. I know you wanted to talk about the um, that you didn't dig the setup, Setup. which is hard
0: hard in these stadiums. Yeah, the setup, setup, it just felt like the fans were so far away from the action. And I think that's true with any of these arenas where you got to put a rink in the middle of a baseball field. And that's that's just a different environment. You're not going to put stands on the on the field necessarily. That's that's very unlikely to happen. And so it just felt like there was a level of distance that then made the crowd feel smaller and quieter. Now I will say the third period it seemed like it was a little more exciting and amped as 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 the game got tighter and and part of you know when when one team has a five goal lead or a four goal lead going into the third. You, you kind of think that the writing's on the wall there. A lot of times that comeback's not going to happen, and it didn't this time. Though Minnesota, like I said, they made it interesting. It just... And I also just think that the look, like, it just... The look of the rink itself did not look as good as I've seen some previous iterations. Like, you mentioned the, uh, the one in Boston. I thought the Boston setup looked really, really cool. This one looked like something that I could find in my neighbor's backyard. And so... You know, like it was like, oh, did they use plywood to put all this together? Like, what did they do? And and that was a little a little disappointing. But, you know, again, people turned out for it. Uh, I think the hardest thing I had was actually finding the damn game because I kept forgetting that it's, you know, yeah. TNT, TBS yeah. are the ways to go. And I kept being like, why is it not on any of the NBC family of networks? Because dummy it hasn't been a part of NBC for a while now. Uh, that that relationship ended last year so yeah, yeah it was it was a it was a
1: good game i mean it, i i agree with you that target field didn't have the best sight lines of all of them and, and you've seen you've seen that kind of happen I, whenever they use the baseball because they're not set up to like well we're gonna because it's not like the football stadium where you just plop it in the middle in an oval stadium you know these ba- the modern baseball right. stadiums are 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 uh, shaped geometrically
0: in, you know, inconsistent with a right. hockey stadium no two baseball, no, no two baseball diamonds are a exactly, no two exactly. Are and it's, it's it's part of the charm and the annoyance of baseball which i tell but, you i mean you know i'm looking at the
1: list uh, and i i'll pose this out to you because i've got an idea but so they've had it at ralph wilson stadium wrigley field fenway Hines, citizens bank park michigan stadium nationals park gillette stadium bush stadium in st louis really blackhawks and the blues yeah. that, that was cool um city field notre dame stadium for the bruins and chicago back in 2019 cotton bowl in dallas before the uh, pandemic took it out last year and then minneapolis where would you like to see it go next i mean thinking about stadiums that I'd, are out there
0: i'd I'd like it to go somewhere in canada That'd be Like cool. having it in toronto having it in montreal one of the like we talk about this all the time about Canada kind of reclaiming a piece of its sport. If you had the winter classic in Canada and maybe, and did any of those like original teams, hell, you don't even have to do that. You just have the Leafs and the Canadians, for example, like have them be the two or the Leafs, anybody. I would love, Uh, I would love to see. And I, I I love your idea. There's two
1: that I, two that I have in mind. One, you won't like this. Lambeau field should get
0: this game. Because that no, is- no, no, no! I have no, I have nothing against a Wisconsin place holding the Winter Classic. Like I just fuck the Packers. Like I'm just <laughs> tired of losing to them all the time. Um, the other like, thing, I was- I, I'm not even mad at the Packers because they're just better than the Bears. Well, like yeah, we won't, we
1: don't have to, we don't have to open that wound up. But I'd almost like to see them, Pat, if they're going to go to Canada to do like that field that they built, that Field of Dreams field that they built for baseball. Like actually build. Uh, Like a real, like they did in Tahoe for those those games last year, where they built an actual stadium up there for just the event. That'd be really cool to see them do, or yeah, even go back to Tahoe. It might be fun, but uh, yeah, I I love the Winter Classic. It brings a lot of eyes to hockey. Um, it, it is an annual. You know, it's not the college football bowl games, of course, but it's it's a really cool right. event. And it spawned a bunch of these stadium series and they get outdoors even in places that don't make sense, like a lot Los Angeles or Vegas. And
0: it's 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 a great event. So where where is it next year? Has that been announced? I don't think we've announced they... it yet. All right, well NHL, you've heard it from me first. Go to Canada. Yeah. I agree. Good marketing strategy. All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Hockey Talk here on the Shot Radio Network uh, on the Chairshot.com. Dave, before we get out of there, tell everybody where they can find you out there on the socials.
1: Yeah. Obligatory. Alex Ovechkin mention on this show. He did break the power play record, Pat. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, That is at Attitude AGG and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression.
0: And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Hockey Talk on Chairshot Radio, part of the Chairshot Radio Network and part of the Chairshot.com. Be sure to catch us next week as we get into a more full rundown as the season heads into its second half. You've been listening to Hockey Talk. Thank you, and have a good week.